Good morning. This is Thursday, July 18, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. We get the latest from Beirut. Momentum shift in Syria bolsters Assad. A fresh tactic by J.P. Morgan. Push to settle. And tainted lunches kill 22 children in India. In today's national news, dementia signs may come early, doctors say. Echoes of Zimmerman case in the Milwaukee trial and new radiation therapy prolongs prostate cancer survival. In today's business headlines, Fed chief reaffirms commitment to stimulus. At trial, SEC battles against its own witness. And Bank of America reports 63% gain in net income. More business stories ahead, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Gail Collins. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories titled Momentum Shift in Syria Bolsters Assad, written by Ben Hubbard from Beirut. Not long ago, rebels on the outskirts of Damascus were peppering the city with mortars, Government soldiers were defecting in droves, and reports circulated of new territory pried from the grip of President Bashar al-Assad. As his losses grew, Assad unleashed fighter jets and Scud missiles, intensifying fears that mounting desperation would push him to lash out with chemical weapons. That momentum has now been reversed. In recent weeks, rebel groups have been killing one another with increasing ferocity, losing ground on the battlefield and alienating the citizens they say they want to liberate. At the same time, the United States and other Western powers that have called for Assad to step down have shown new reluctance to providing the rebels with weapons. Although few expect that Assad can reassert his authority over the whole of Syria, even his enemies acknowledge that his position is stronger than it has been in months. His resilience suggests that he has carved out what amounts to a rump state in central Syria that is firmly backed by Russia, Iran, and Hezbollah, and that Assad and his supporters will likely continue to chip away at the splintered rebel movement. Assad is powerful now, not as a president who controls a state, but as a warlord, as someone who has more and more sophisticated weapons than the others, said Hassan Hassan a Syrian commentator at the Abu Dhabi-based English-language newspaper, The National. He's not capable of winning back the country, said Hassan. The civil war has balkanized the country with an array of armed groups controlling different areas. The government retains its grip on the capital and has been solidifying its control over a string of major cities. Rebel groups hold large swaths of land in the country's north and east, though they are far from unified, with militias competing for resources and sometimes turning their guns on one another. Overall, about 60% of the Syrian population lives in government-controlled areas, while the rebels effectively control 60% to 70% of the actual territory, said Andrew Tabler with the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. But a stalemate that has divided the country for months has begun to shift as Assad's forces have rolled back rebel gains. If the revolution continues like this, the people will revolt against us, said a rebel commander from the central city of Homs. The commander criticized his fellow rebels for putting the interests of their brigades ahead of the wider anti-Assad struggle and accused them of hoarding weapons or selling them for a profit. That lack of unity has prolonged the war and made their mission harder, he said.